0: Everyone, Bob WP here, episode one nineteen of Do the Woo. Back with my co-host Noel. Noel, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic, Bob. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Doing good. This is. I, I'm excited for this show because um I, I talked about apps and WooCommerce Commerce back way back in our my other podcast, and I haven't had a chance, or I guess I haven't made the chance to talk about that so i'm i'm excited to get into that um are you keeping busy i know that you uh, just traveled back from um visiting your parents i believe and then so you're kind of getting back into the swing of things
1: yeah i have gotten into the back in the swing of things i arrived last friday and uh, yeah it's just good to be back home you know safe and sound Obviously, you know, um, it is that I had to get out of the country because of visa reasons. Otherwise, I never would have traveled in these crazy times, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> nice bonus. I got to spend some time with my family, which is precious. So, you know, so there is uh, there's that. But, yeah, other than that, still in the process of launching this big e-commerce site. So there's lots of things happening there in that last phase. So that's a really exciting
0: one. Cool. All righty. Well, uh, before we get into... Uh, Our chat and our conversation with our guests, I'd just like to give a shout out to our two pod sponsors this month, WooFunnels. If you want to help your clients create optimized sales funnels using WooCommerce, WooFunnels is a great option. Gives you all the tools you need to create high converting funnels using WooCommerce. And their CRM lets you create broadcasts and automated workflows with unlimited contacts. So you can check that out at buildwoofunnels.com and Nexus Manage WooCommerce Hosting. They have a 14 day free trial. You can get it, you can get hosting that is built by experts and enthusiasts who have touched thousands of sites, whether it's sites like yours or your clients just go to go.nexus.net slash do the woo and get yourself or your clients started we have today somebody that has been in well dabbled a lot in the woo space and also dabbled in the app space scott bollinger uh scott how are you doing today doing good Good. It's great to have you here. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things that I keep seeing Scott in my Twitter feed and thinking I got to have him on the podcast and I, I don't know how I uh, um, eventually evolved into making the ask. So I'm glad to have you here. Good to be here. As we always start out uh, with a simple question that basically kind of tells us what you're doing right now and introduces you to our listeners. How do you do the woo?
2: Yeah, so I use WooCommerce at over at AppPressor. Uh, we integrate with WooCommerce for mobile apps, so we've been building mobile apps with WooCommerce for several years now. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then we also, uh, I I kind of messed around with Woo at my uh, blog hollerwp.com and just interviewed Mike Jolly about it. Learned a little bit more about what where they're going with it. And then I have a couple of just uh, little minor plugins that do some WooCommerce integrations.
0: Cool. Where did you, along the way, get into WordPress and then eventually um, into WooCommerce or maybe it was more abruptly into WooCommerce?
2: Yeah, so I had a job as a graphic designer uh, many years ago and it, I uh, they kind of needed websites. And so I decided I was going to kind of tinker around with websites and kind of had heard of WordPress and I did, had no idea how it worked and I was so clueless that I actually tried to hire someone on, I think it was Fiverr or Craigslist or something, try to hire someone to install WordPress for me because I literally had no clue where to even start. And I, I didn't know if like PHP web server was like you had to do something special as opposed to just like these HTML pages that I would built in Dreamweaver, you know, um, But that's how I got started. And then um, in that job, I learned WordPress and I started building like membership sites for them. Um, And they ended up, you you know, we ended up moving their whole stack to like all these WordPress based membership sites, which was pretty cool.
1: So, Scott, I'm curious about um, why should store owners or, you know, clients of, uh, of web developers who are listeners here, Um, why should they consider having an app version of their website? Like what benefits will it bring to their business?
2: Yeah, so most people who come to us at AppPressor are kind of already convinced that they want an app or need an app. Um, I mean, some of the benefits would be uh, most people want to have that, you know, icon on their their customer's home screen and then um, just a fast performant experience with their content. Um, so, you know, their their customers are using apps all the time. They're using apps all the time. They want an app for their business. Um, so some of the benefits would be, like, you can send push notifications, which you can't do with websites. Um, you can usually have a much uh, faster experience. Mm. You can have things, like, where people can log in and stay logged in and not have to, like, open their browser, type in your website URL, then, like, go to the login page, and then they close that and they get logged out or whatever it is. Yes. And then you can also do like, you know, in-app purchase subscriptions and integrate with some of the the device features. And, you know, the app itself has a a larger footprint on the screen normally than, than websites. So I've uh, written blog posts before where, you know, I go to like a news website or something and on your phone you have the browser Chrome and then you have like a giant header and then you have like a banner advertisement or something. And then at the bottom you have like a footer and then some more browser Chrome and the actual content of the website is like less than 30 percent of the screen. Mm hmm. So, you know, in an app, you know, you get rid of all the browser Chrome and then you can make a more optimized experience for the mobile device. You could do things like cache um, the content on the device itself so that it will work offline um, and also use, you know, something like an API to bring in the content, which is a much faster experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, you know, can really help. And it's really up to normally the client is the one that's asking for the app, you know, saying how you know how can i build an app or, or like you made my website i i want an app as well um and that's kind of how where are can come in and help
1: Yes, because my understanding is that AppPressor makes that a lot more accessible to people, right?
2: Yeah, so AppPressor is a, is an app builder um, that you can bring in WordPress content very easily. And we uh, specialize in WordPress and we allow you to do much more than just bring in blog posts. You can bring in custom content and uh, membership sites and you know stuff like dash courses, WooCommerce products, things like that. And then we make it easy for you to put those pages together. And then we help you submit it to the app stores. So it, it makes it so that someone who's not a mobile app developer can build an app for their clients, um, you know, as like an upsell opportunity or just a sort of a value add for their client services.
1: Very, very nice.
0: Are there, I mean, thinking more products, you know, WooCommerce sites selling products, maybe not memberships and stuff like that. Have you found in just working with apps, specific industries, like, you know, I'm going to just throw out like anything from, um, you know, we could talk clothing, flowers, whatever you're selling online that seem to do better in the app space than others. I mean, or is it just pretty much across the board, just that accessibility?
2: I would say that like specialty stores, uh, do better. And so for example, we're working with a customer right now who's doing, um, like selling fishing stuff like flies and, um, I don't know all the terminology, but like baits and, you know, like clothing related to fishing. Um, so stuff where people would go who have, who really love this particular category and there's, there's these specialty items that maybe they can't get off of Amazon. Um, and so those are the type of e-commerce stores that I think are, are thriving.
0: And that seems to make sense because that encourages or entices a client to say, Hey, you know, I, this is a shop I buy this on. Versus, you know, I, I'm just buying general stuff on this, like I buy general stuff everywhere where they're, they're thinking, I'm going to take the effort to put this app on there because I want to, you know, I love to shop there. If they have a specific need I have and I'm not just putting another app on in case I need to buy something so that 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 might be a good thing for people building sites to keep in mind for that upsell like you said is talking to them you know looking at what they sell and say hey you know you're selling something pretty special here and you're going to probably have returning customers and you know this is a reason to make it easier
2: yeah yeah people who are who have like that brand loyalty you know they they aren't necessarily looking for the cheapest no-name brand they they kind of are into their Like fishing, like they want to buy from a particular shop because that's where their friends are buying from. And that's, they have the best stuff there. Um, You know, yeah, that's a great candidate for an app.
0: One of the things um, you had brought up, and I I think um, Noel will be even, will probably be interested in this because this is getting a little bit more into the developer side of things. All the stuff going on at WordPress, you know, I mean, core blocks full-site editor, all these things for, uh, that you've got to constantly be on top of because this is probably affecting basically the app industry. And I, I know you had recently um, put something on Twitter about that, kind of brought it up. Can you just touch on that a bit and we'll maybe take that conversation a little bit deeper because I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, with looking at WooCommerce, oh, it would be great to do an app on there, but all these other pieces coming in via WordPress.
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting because the way that WordPress is moving with Gutenberg and, and blocks and things is kind of similar to what we've been doing with AppPressor for many years, um, which is using WordPress in a... Uh, like using the data from WordPress and then rendering that in using JavaScript and, and templating like, like with React. And it's a very different way to use WordPress than most people are accustomed to. And what we've had to do with AppPressor is sort of um, set people's expectations when they come to us and, and we say, you know, we can build this app for you. It's like a, this headless WordPress environment where we're pulling the data out of WordPress and then we're putting it into different templates in the app. Um, we're not using your theme and we're not using uh, PHP processing and we're not pulling in like your JavaScript and style sheets and everything. So, a lot of times people have a plugin and they say, uh, and it's usually a pretty complex plugin, like let's say, I don't know, a job listing board or something like that, where people can display job listings. You can search for them. It's got like geolocation. Maybe you can post a job listing and they say, well, wow, I want to make an app with that. We say, well, okay. so the way that this works is like within the app, we don't have any of the stuff from WordPress that makes that plugin work. So we basically have to rebuild it all from scratch, um, which is the same thing that's happening with Gutenberg blocks right now. If you look at like the store API with WooCommerce or or the the Gutenberg blocks for WooCommerce uh, checkout and store there, I think they, what do they call them? They call them just WooCommerce Gutenberg like blocks. So they have a block for like cart and checkout. They're really cool. Um, But those are doing the same thing that we've done with apps, which is uh, you, they are rendering this like cart page using data from WordPress Uh, data, meaning like just text, like what is the product ID? What is the price? What is the description? What's the URL to the image, things like that. And then they're taking those things and, and arranging them how they want and displaying them on the page. Uh, but they are not using the standard way of displaying WooCommerce cart, which would be all with PHP where you press update cart and it reloads the page and, um, you know, sends some information back to the server things like that. It's all kind of done through APIs and JavaScript. And in that type of environment um, things work very differently than what WordPress people are accustomed to. So uh, like I was mentioning with the job board thing, you don't just make that like work in an app automatically. That's you basically have to build APIs and build templates and um, almost rebuild the entire thing in a, a headless environment. And so that's what WooCommerce is doing right now with their blocks and their store API. They're basically rebuilding the entire thing from scratch um, to use these new blocks. And I don't know if you have you played around with the, the blocks for, for checkout and cart and everything.
1: Yes, I did a bit actually, and I was I was surprised because I know it's been kind of like on the background for a bit, and uh, I've been following it, but not too much. And then I thought, well, you know, this is a good opportunity to to take it out. Just really wanted to improve the ux of the clients uh check out a bit and i just find it so surprising like things that i would normally use custom like php for you know there's now there's like a little toggle that i can switch and and that's that you know like for making for making things required or not or including a certain field or not that's really lovely and you know the way it's it's laid out it's much more in line with you know, the big standards and what we've seen on Amazon and what, you know, in the WooCommerce community, a lot of people say Shopify's checkout, you know, they've been envying Shopify's checkout. And I've been wondering if the, if the blocks are also thinking about, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's following that trend. It's following the trend of having, You know, more focus on the order, making it really easy to to complete a more step by step kind of guide. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited with what I saw. Like it was just super easy to starting to use. It looked
0: great
1: out of the box. So yeah, really cool.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think that their checkout is now much more, uh, much more like Shopify's checkout, which. There are plugins that try to do that, but I think that the blocks are the blocks get all the way there where the the plugins that try to help make checkout better are kind of like a almost like a band-aid solution. Like they make it better, but it's not all the way there. And I think with the checkout block, I think it's it's all the way going to be just as good as something like a Shopify checkout now. Um, but the the hard part about that I think for people is going to be that you can't just. You're not going to be able to use your old like checkout customization plugin or um, whatever it is. Like if you had a if you had like a multi-step checkout, say um, that plugin is not going to work with the new checkout block. And the way of moving checkout fields around is not with like uh, you know a few a, a PHP filter anymore or an ad filter anymore. It's going to be um, you're going to have to use React templating. And then you're going to have to be using JavaScript to move those things around or to like add settings and things like that. So there's a little bit of tension there um, between the old way of doing things with these PHP based plugins, where you just like add filter or like add action and you change something and then you're done. Um, now it's going to be like, you have to enqueue in- in your JavaScript and you have to, um, you know, make changes to the react templates and, and, it's just a lot more complicated and the plugins that worked before are not going to work with the new system. So um, I'm not sure how that's all going to play out, but I think either the old plugins are going to have to update or they're going to be new plugins that take their place or um, they're going to be people who just don't want to use this new system at all because it's just too big of a change and they don't want to break stuff. Um, but there's going to be it's going to be kind of split into these two camps where there's going to be like all this kind of old PHP based stuff. And then there's going to be the new React and JavaScript API based stuff. And they're going to coexist or, or, or one's going to take over the other. Um, people are going to have to kind of make choices just like they did with Gutenberg, where a lot of people still don't like Gutenberg and they don't want to use it and they disable it. Um, but then other people who are maybe new to WordPress, that's all they know. And so they're everything's going to be Gutenberg for them.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, thinking about people having to decide whether or not to make the change, I don't even think it's like whether or not it's whether now or later, because in the end, you know, the likelihood of people switching over, I mean, assuming assuming that uh, there's this new way of doing things is, is taking over, like Gutenberg also ended up, you know, taking over, and people who were hesitant in the beginning or postponed it now – also, so many other plugins are, you know, are promoting it, collaborating with it, making sure it integrates really well with Gutenberg. So you almost can't, at a certain point, you almost can't stand behind. So it's more question of. So I think I think people need to kind of start, you know, following it if this is if this concerns them, and, and ease themselves maybe into it and make a bit of a plan of how are we going to do this so that it's um, hopefully a bit more of an easier transition. And, of course, you know, testing things out on a staging site. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. I feel I feel like I almost shouldn't need to say this, but I also know that there is newbies here. And, um, yeah, staging site is a place where you can just go and break things and it doesn't even matter. So you can just play and test. It's fantastic. I remember when I discovered that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunity as well for – you know, plugin developers or product developers to kind of get in on this new, new kind of paradigm of doing things. Um, But what that's going to be specifically is it's hard to say because a lot of stuff is going to be done already. Like with WooCommerce blocks, um, like you said, they now have toggles to make fields required and and not required and to add them and remove them. And, And previously that was an extra plugin you had to buy. You had to buy the checkout field editor. Um, but you're not going to have to with the new new blocks. So I don't know. There'll be opportunities, but finding those opportunities is going to be a little bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah. And also um, store owners may not always need the developer now anymore to make those changes. You know, they're now like I have a couple of clients like that who like to uh, also get involved and get their hands dirty. So there are now then things that they can control themselves, but um, I know that there have been conversations before, people asking, you know, but w- what does that mean for us developers if uh, if um, store owners are able to do things more themselves? I always think that there will be a role for us. There's always things that they can't do. There's always the more complex. And there's also people who like to know they do it themselves, uh, to do it themselves, um, but it doesn't mean they necessarily will, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know how to, like, uh, build stuff with wood, but I don't want to do it. So I'm going to pay someone else to do it. You know, like if I need a patio or something, like get my house. So yes. yeah, there's never going to be a lack of things for developers to do. I don't think.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: One of the things that did occur to me, and I'm thinking more of if somebody builds an app, they have a website. Is there ever the instance where the website maybe isn't doing that much of the sales, you know, as far as an e-commerce site or WooCommerce site. And then the app is doing most of the sales. At what point or is there a point that the person that built that and even the person that, you know, had the app built for them decide, okay, I got to put more energy into the app or I need to still put as much energy into the website for you know, other reasons, obviously.
2: Yeah, I I think it just depends on the business. I mean, if I think about like my bank, um, I I use the app way more than I use the website, but I still use the website quite a bit. And, but but in a situation like that, they don't really care that much probably about like SEO. Um, So putting a bunch of effort into the app would, would probably make sense. Or if you look at something like Reddit, where they, every time you go to Reddit, it tells you to open it in the app they clearly want everyone to be using the app and they don't want uh, people on their website really. Uh, Same with Twitter. You know, you could still go to Twitter on the web, but they like keep pushing you to the app or or Instagram as well. Um, Yeah. I think it just depends on your business model and what your strategy is, like why you're having more people use the app, you know, with those businesses they've found that they can, achieve their goals better in the app, whatever that is, um, you know, capturing people's information or selling them things or, you know, just getting eyeballs on content, whatever it is. Uh, one thing with the apps is that they're, they're not, um, they're not indexed in the search engines. So, you know, if you're a content site and you need that SEO, you need those Google rankings, um, it wouldn't make sense to just kind of stop putting effort into that. Um, most of the customers we deal with, are are still very heavy on the web. And then the app they're trying to just kind of supplement and maybe just have um, a few features that are really important to their customers, but maybe not everything that they offer on the website. Um, So like, like with a learn dash course, you can go and maybe view it so that you can bring it with you on an airplane, you know, um, and, and do some stuff while you're on the go, but maybe for the most part, they're at home at their desk when they're, you know, going through their courses, but it, it just depends.
1: I'd be interested in um, seeing case studies where people have compared, you know, going from from website and then adding an app and uh, conversion rates and, and all that and how that's affected their business. Scott, do you, do you know to happen of any like that?
2: Um, I don't have data like that, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, we help people build the apps. We don't always hear from them about, uh, you know, their statistics and conversion rates and things like that, unfortunately.
0: Well, that's something maybe I'll, um, maybe I can wrangle somebody to do a case study on, on your, uh, do it on our side. Cause we're trying I'm trying to get some, some enterprise level doing some case studies on the site. And um, maybe I'll just add that to my list. So I may be reaching out to you, Scott, and we can, maybe I could find somebody that I could get to do that. I know there are a lot of work, but with apps and e-commerce, is there anything down the pike, you know, in the future here that you see some trends that may be moving towards? Um, obviously, did you? OK, so let me give this a two part question. First of all. Did the last year of the boost in e-commerce online, did you see a boost in um, app you know, people wanting to create apps. And then secondly, what do you see coming in the, is there some things out there that you see that might be coming in the future for apps or is it pretty much steady as it goes right
2: now? Um, yeah. So during the pandemic, we definitely saw a lot more people were sitting at home working on their apps and, um, we we were getting a lot more emails than usual for a while there. Um, as far as like new e-commerce trends um, or technology, I don't I, I don't know of anything like specific. No. Um, I mean, one thing that happened with the app stores is that they lowered their in-app purchase commissions from 30% to 15%, which really helps out a lot of people who are selling uh, digital items like memberships or online courses or, you know, games and things like that. Um, so that helped people out for a little bit there. And that's only for people who are under, I think, under a million in revenue, or something like that. But um, yeah, and going into the future, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't have any uh, real insight into what's happening in the future. I mean, Amazon is is taking over, and I think um, more and more. So I think if you're an e-commerce merchant, you really have to find a way to uh, convince people to go to your site instead of Amazon's. I mean, just recently, I. Purchased something from a, from an online real t- retailer that happened to be using WooCommerce. And the experience was pretty bad, to be honest. Um, it was kind of just like normal WooCommerce without many cost customizations. And when I compared purchasing there to buying something on Amazon, it's Amazon just makes it so easy. Um, it's really hard for me to go to anyone else unless they have something that Amazon doesn't have, or they have a some type of brand loyalty that I'm gonna give them, but like normal out of the box WooCommerce uh, sites are, I I think it's gonna be tough. So I like that the new WooCommerce blocks, I think that that's gonna improve the experience a lot. And I hope that people will embrace those and they will simplify their sites. And even if they're plugins that don't work with the new blocks, even if they have customizations that don't work, I hope that they will move to the blocks anyways and then figure out the customizations that they want to make later.
0: Makes total sense. I, I I get you there with Amazon. I mean, I saw somebody the other day on Twitter say that, hey, do you know that you can go in and look at your total um, but you spent on Amazon since you've been on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and I can't remember hers was like $22,000 or something like yeah. that. I don't know how long she, wow. she'd been on it. And I, I, I didn't even want to go look. I thought, oh, that's, no. you
2: know. I'm, uh, I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm too scared to look. I'm not going to go and do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh, man. Well, um, yeah, this has been good stuff. It's just, I, I think it's just another reminder. I mean. You know, it's, everybody's using apps. I mean, we're all constantly using apps. And as Noel said, you know, sometimes, yeah, a lot of people are putting up WooCommerce sites and not really thinking through, you know, would an app be an alternative or an addition, I guess I should say. And yeah, I think it's something that, um, just people need to stay on top of. And it'll be interesting to see how, you you know, moving forward with everything going on with WordPress and WooCommerce, um, what what your continued thoughts are and reactions, and you know how it, how it plays into what you're doing with Pressor. But yeah, I'm really really looking forward to just kind of seeing where this goes and and um, yeah. So where can people um, obviously where can they check out Pressor and learn more, and then where can they connect with you?
2: Yeah, so uh, App is just at pressor.com or just Google it. And for me, at Scott Bollinger on Twitter or scottbullinger.com. It's a good place.
0: Cool. All righty. Well, do connect with Scott and check out App Presser at apppressor.com. And of course, do check out our pod friends, Nexus. They give you a 14 day trial of their managed WooCommerce hosting, just head on over to go.nexus.net slash do the Woo to get started and Woo Funnels, who helps your clients create sales funnels, broadcasts and automated workflows to optimize their sales at buildwoofunnels.com. Well, again, thank you so much, Scott, for coming in and chatting with us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, though. Thanks so
1: much for being here.
0: All right, everyone. Uh, yeah, stay on top of Do the Woo. Go to dothewoo.io/slash subscribe, and you'll see all the cool stuff we're doing. And until the next time, keep on doing the woo.